podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. One of Dan Jackson's Hand and Roar podcast ended after we discussed Euro 96. Let's kick off part two, discussing the beginning of the qualifiers for the 1998 World Cup in France. You scored your first goal for Scotland a couple of months after that, away to Latvia in a World Cup qualifier. Cracking goal. Uh, One of my friends on Twitter, uh, Alba Matter, asks if you still... Think of that when you're heading to sleep sometimes. It was actually, um, I don't do a lot of social media. I'm no, I'm on it, but I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually on the other week there. It was on Facebook. And so I've kept it and I've actually watched it a few times. And it does. I mean, it took me 14 games, which is a lot for a striker. And as I said before, I must have been doing other things well enough for Craig to keep picking me. Um, and we we're winning games. So that obviously helps. Um, but when you get your first goal, it's and I think it was a good one. Um, so I was I was buzzing and um, I watch it. I don't watch it all the time, but I do watch it every now and then. I, I'll admit that I do watch it every now and then. It, it still gives me huge. I still buzz off it. I still get a great buzz. As a striker, it must have been some relief for you because as we're seeing just now with Burnley, sorry, McBurney. So the longer the weight goes on, the stronger the pressure builds and it can be harder to, to shake off. A hundred percent. Listen, you spoke about um, the Japan trip earlier. I had a great chance um, in the Japan trip and I should have dinked the keeper. I, I, I just tried to play it across the goal and it, it just missed the... And I thought about that chance. I mean, that was after, I don't know, I've maybe had, had about four or four caps or something like that. When that. So that would have... It, ease the pressure it, it, it does it's it's more listen it's obviously pressure from the press <laughs> it's no pressure from the manager because he kept on picking me so I must have been doing it must have been doing well but it's pressure for you from yourself that you're a Scotland striker you want to, you want to score goals you want to contribute in that way not just in the, the all-round play um, so it did hurt me that it took, took 14 games but at the end of the day when it came along it was it was uh, brilliant because I saw, I looked back on, on YouTube uh, this morning just when I was doing my research, and your your celebration, it looks like you're, but you're fist pumping so much, it looks like you're imaginary beating someone up at your celebration <laughs> running away. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just when I hit the back of the net and all that. And I was showing my, my son it, and he said, Why did you not chip the keeper? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, I, I enjoyed it. And as I said, you always enjoy, I mean, We'll go on against the, the goal I scored against Finland, a friendly Easter Road. There wasn't a, a, a crowd there, but I've got a picture. You would have thought I was scoring in the World Cup final. Scoring <laughs> for your country is fantastic. And uh, as I said, I didn't get enough. Um, but every one of them are, are cherished. The, the next game was uh, a really important one uh, in the attempt to qualify for the World Cup. That was the win against Sweden at Ibrox. Um, I, 
have a real thing. I know it's it's great when Scotland play the big nations and we give them a run for their money at Hamden or Parkhead or Ibrox, whatever we're playing. If when we've had world champions come in Germany, Spain, Italy, France, and all that, there's for me there's nothing quite like when we have a team coming to a full Hamden or a full stadium that we're kind of on a par with. There just seems to be a different edge or atmosphere or expectation there. I suppose recently you could draw on when we beat Ireland 1-0 at Celtic Park, when we had Slovakia at Hamden a couple of years ago when we were trying to qualify for 2018 World Cup. There's just something different about those games. Would Sweden fall into that category where it was almost knife-edge stuff? A hundred percent. And I'm probably going to be a bit biased here. And um, Well, no biased. I'm, I'm maybe upset true Scotland fans in saying the two, the best two games, like obviously a game we're going to get onto the Brazil game, the best two games I ever played was Sweden at Ibrox and Austria at Celtic Park. The atmospheres were beyond belief. And I, and I think, and I'm not saying come away from Hamden, I'm not saying that, but the atmosphere on both occasions was just absolutely incredible. And that, that day was just, I mean, Jim Lee again defensively, we were brilliant. We were absolutely brilliant. And and Jim Layton, I've no doubt, I don't know if he did, but I think no doubt got man in the match. Um, but defensively, we were, we were great. And thankfully, I was, <laughs> it's it's probably the most I've ever been talked about in, in involvement in a goal, and I didn't even touch it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm... I'm really curious to find out more about this because a few people have, have, I put out a message earlier saying that I was interviewing you today and a few people say, can you ask him if that was just pure instinct from you, the dummy for McGinley, or did you get a shout? It was, it was, it was instinct, but what we'll see is and how the game has changed. We always played in a two then and, and the, the understanding from each other was, was great. We always knew that you, you did everything in relation to your strike partner. Now, at that point, I was going short. Now, your strike partner would always go long. Do you know what I mean? So, John McGinley knew I was going short. So, he's he's playing along the line thinking, I'll get in behind it. But it was just instinct that, that came up and I, I, I've dummied it. But, yes, it was a good dummy. But the one who should get the praise is John McGinley because he read what was happening without me even actually saying anything. Well, and and we, 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 didn't play, we didn't play together. But as I said, it's different now. All strikers, most, I can't say all, most strikers that are coming through now have only played in a one. So they don't understand playing in relation to another player. Mm-hmm. He's making runs and they, they're, they're, they're very, in, quite individual, by the way. Some of them are obviously very individually very good. Yeah. But then it was always a two. So he understood what was what was happening. So as I say, John McGinley and I didn't play a lot together, but he knew I was going short. So his first thought was, "Can I get him behind?" And again, I've I've just thought, "Boy, he's played." There was good weight on it. I mean, if it'd been a lot slower, I probably wouldn't have done it. But there was good weight on the pass, and um, I've just dummied it. And he's made the he's made a brilliant run and a, a fantastic finish. The the Swedish defenders looked absolutely bamboozled by it like it was the last thing that they were expecting one of the messages I've had in is from uh, M Brooks he wants to pass on his gratitude to you he says he was there to witness the greatest dummy in the history of football <laughs> <laughs> was that me being the dummy 
<laughs> <laughs> well, tell them thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. But as I said, it, it was it was total instinct. But I think we we did then, and I'm not going to go on. But we did have a, a, an understanding with each other as a, as strikers then that you play in a two and, and where one should be and where, where you should be when the other ones in a certain position. So, um, but it was a great finish. And as I say, the atmosphere that that day, the, the standing ovation I got. I could, I'm quite, I'm an emotional person and the stand innovation I got that night and the one at Celtic Park was just incredible. Something that will, without doubt, live with me forever. Superb. Now, we took six points from six at home to Austria and Sweden, who were our two main rivals from for the group. We drew with Austria away, uh, beaten by Sweden. Seven points from 12 against your main rivals, for qualification, that's that's not bad going, is it? Well, that's that's what takes you to tournaments. You know mm. what I mean? Because you know they're going to be up there and they've got to play each other. So you know that's 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 qualifying you. Um, so it was um, brilliant performance. Even even um, even Sweden away, we were okay. My memories of the Sweden away game was that Kalinja was it Kalinja was a referee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually swore, I'm not saying what I said, but I told them F off, right? Yeah. And by the way, no, his big eyes just looked at me and I absolutely, <laughs> my I, I'm not kidding, I swear, he just looked at me. I got booked and he just looked at me and I thought, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to argue with referees, but I would never have argued with him. Yeah. Um, but again, pro, some, uh, Sweden probably deserved to win that night, without doubt. Um, we did play well. We gave them, we were always in the game. Obviously, 2 0 down, Kevin got us back into the game. Um, and we were always in the game, but I would, they, deserve, they deserve to win. But that's the only really qualifying game, I would say, that anyone deserved to win against us. But even away from home against Russia, eh, not Russia, sorry, Austria, eh, well, kind of convenient timing, I suppose, given we're playing them at home tomorrow. But do you think that seven. Points. If Scotland were to take seven points from Denmark and Austria in this upcoming campaign, including maximum points at home, can you ask for or expect more than that, really? Well, the problem we've, we've, we've always had, and I mean, Scotland fans will have seen it through years, that sometimes we trip up against the smaller, the smaller countries with great performances and against the big ones, and we've always tripped ourselves up against the smaller ones. But taking points against the big boys is always important because you know they've got to play each other. And if you take the points off them, they're chasing. So they need to win games. So there's no doubt that they would put this, if they did that, they put themselves in a, a brilliant position um, to qualify. And it's just going and dealing with the, the, the smaller countries. Um, you don't like saying that <laughs> too much because you don't want to be disrespectful, but we should realise that we're Scotland and sometimes we're, we're better than I think we're given credit for. Um, so, but if you go and beat the, the big boys and take seven points, give yourself a real chance. The, you had a, I don't quite know what to call it, it's not, not really an injury, more like a condition maybe in your brain um, around that time. Is that the, the correct way of putting it, condition? It was uh, yeah, it was a, a brain a brain operation. I had hydrocephalus. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah. and that, that that affected well not just your Scotland career but I suppose your club career as well at, at Celtic it would have been at, at that time um, how much did that set you back uh, international wise? Um, set me back because I couldn't I wasn't playing so I couldn't get into the squad so other people have been given a chance and that's where Craig was and I think Stevie Clark's kind of the same and I'm not saying other managers Gordon probably isn't the same they're, they're quite loyalty players that actually do the business for them so listen I just had to worry about getting back on the pitch again um, after it, it happened it was a European game for Celtic and I woke up with a headache at one Tuesday and the following Tuesday I was having a, a drill in my head <laughs> what, what exactly for anyone that might not know what exactly was the, the issue it's a hydrocephalus it's water in the brain and your 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 two valves in, in your head and it lets the water circulate and they say they probably had it since birth so one of the valve wasn't over, open properly so there was a little bit a little blockage and it just gave me honestly one headache that you could wake up in the morning and Brian shot the physio gave me a couple of paracetamols and said you'll be fine before the game and I, I, I took them and uh, I just didn't feel right and all that went in they, they, they saw what it was um, so they, they actually they drill a hole it's there actually they drill a hole in your head and just leave the, the valve and laser another passageway so the water flows and, and thankfully for me it, I mean at Celtic Jack Mulhern Brian Scott Jock Brown and Dr Philip Barlow were just out of this world um, and I was out nine weeks after a brain up, wow. Yes, uh -huh. nine weeks and back, back, back training. You can be out longer with a hamstring now. Yeah. So, but fortunately for me, um, Craig, where did we go? Um, France. He, he included me, even though I wasn't, I was just back training. He included me in a squad just to go with the squad. We played France away. Mm -hmm. And it was just brilliant. I mean, I was back. And I was nearly ready to start playing. I, think, I don't think it was probably about a week after that I, I made my comeback. Um, so, but it was just brilliant to, that, and we talk about man management, that is man management, that he, he put me in and probably I'll say it because it's me, people would really say he didn't deserve really to be taken or that, but um, Craig thought I, I did. So I went away with the squad to France and I always knew then I always knew if I could get back to where I was, I would always, I was always, always have a chance. The, before we move on completely from the the qualifying, uh, the game against Austria, you said that sticks out um, alongside the game against Sweden at Ibrox. Anything in particular because Gallagher scored a, a screamer? I suppose you'll say it wasn't as good as yours for the B team. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> it was actually. It was kind of similar, but Kevin Head was right through in it. But I was probably, I was about 20 yards out. It's fair Kevin hit it. I was probably 20 yards out from the box. So I've hit it. So it's, I think that a better, a better, better goal. Um, so, but just that night, I just thought, again, Kevin and I playing as a two understanding um, that the first goal, Kevin had gone short and I'd gone in behind in relation to each other. And Tosh McKinley always knew I, I liked to make that run. And Tosh McKinley played in for the first goal. And unfortunately, I look back now and thinking I should have, I actually should have scored. But um, it hits the goalkeeper, comes back out and Kevin gets the rebound, which every good striker follows it in. Um, so, but that, that atmosphere that night was 
incredible as well. Honestly, just it's hard to it's hard to describe. Um, just because there's there's what sixty, probably fifty nine thousand Scotland fans, and mm-hmm. and um, it was just uh, beyond beyond belief. And again, getting taken off in the reception I got was was magic. Absolutely, um, and with the brain operation you had, was it at the stage where you were concerned about even playing again, never mind coming back and getting another cap or whatever? Well, I first, my first appointment at the hospital was the next day after the, 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 the headache and um, I went in and they, they, they scanned me and I went home and I got the call from Brian Scott saying they, they found something. I actually went to bed that night. I actually know that worried. I just went to, I mean, thinking now, I actually get scared now. <laughs> thinking about it. But I went back the next day and Dr. Philip Barlow, who pioneered the operation, um, I'd say that first of all, he, he says, it's your career over. And I was I was distraught because I said, that was my, my own career over that I'd waited all this time to get to a big club like Celtic. But obviously my international career and... Um, a World Cup would have been over but then I had to go back in the afternoon again because he was doing more research and all that and I went back in and said listen I've sat and thought about it um, and me personally and I've, which I think is great he, he phoned other people um, other doctors um, to get their opinion and he said right away he says listen you can play again he says because what we're actually doing is sorting we're not putting anything in your head we're sorting what's the problem in your head so you'll actually be better um, so right away, and listen, Celtic told me, Jock Brown said, Celtic will look after you. You don't have to another, kick another ball. We'll look after you. But as I said, I only know football. I only love football. So I was, it wasn't even a, it wasn't, it wasn't even an option. That was, I'm getting Well, I needed the operation anyway, but I'm playing again <laughs> as soon as soon as possible. Was it quite an emotional moment for you then when you got back on the park for the first time? Not necessarily with Scotland, but with Celtic? Yes, it was. Um, actually, my first training session, I, I was training for weeks and weeks on my own and all that because I wasn't allowed I wasn't allowed to be in, involved and all that. And, and this is honest truth. This isn't something that I made. This is uh, genuine that um, we were training and one day I said to Brian Scott, go and let me get involved, go and let me play. And they were just playing, having a wee game and all that. And he turned out to Vim Janssen and says, can he, can he play? And he says, yeah. So I went on, this is honest truth, Jackie went down the, the line and crossed it in and I headered it, that was my first touch, I headered it in and you could see all the other players going, kind of stopping and yeah. thinking, is he going to be okay? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking, they're probably thinking, that's not like, can he score a goal? But <laughs> <laughs> um, they're all thinking, is his head going to be alright? But as I said, that, um, they fought, fixed what was wrong in my head, they didn't put anything in, so I had no problem heading, heading the ball. But my first game at Aberdeen was was emotional. It was my first goal, and there's photos, and I've, I've got a photo that actually when I scored. Normally, when you leave the pitch, a referee will book you, um, but I actually just ran and dived right into the crowd. And all you can see is my legs in the picture. Um, and the referee came away, and I looked at him, and he just said, "To let you, just well done." Yeah, it was uh, it was brilliant for a mum. But yeah, it was emotional. It was. It was great just to be back on the pitch. Um, never mind scoring goals. It was just, it was brilliant. But I don't want to, it, it was, it's serious because it's a brain operation. 
but it was a minor operation in the brain that was dealt with fantastically well and I'll always appreciate and always thank Dr Philip Barlow for the, the way he treated me. You, is, is that why you didn't feature in the, the decisive game against Latvia or were you involved and didn't play? Oh, I had um, no, I, I had still had, I was still yeah. out. But again, Craig had me there. He had me in the dressing room. Um, I was up the stand. He had me down for the celebrations, not on the pitch. Um, so, but again, I think it was Kevin and Duke who scored that day, and it was it was brilliant. So it was um, it was it was great knowing that you're well, knowing that you've qualified. Obviously, I don't know I'm going. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but knowing that you've 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 qualified and um, for another tournament, um, and as I say, I'm always proud that I played. I, 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 I took part in two tournaments and we qualified for both. So um, it's, it's a nice thing to to have. I think the I interviewed Kevin Gallagher for this podcast, and, and he described that moment of his goal against Latvia as the biggest relief he's ever felt in football. And I think you. I think you can maybe not really draw a comparison, but differentiate it from McGinley's goal against Sweden and Gallagher's goals against Austria because of the weight of expectation on the Latvia game. Whereas I think the the other two were just a complete outpouring of uh, not quite surprise, but but joy, uh, just like a total eruption. Whereas with Latvia, there was so much on the line and we needed a goal. Yeah, well, as I said earlier, it's. Sometimes we can, and we have slipped up against the smaller nations when you're, you're just about there, but brilliant professional performance that day. Just had to get over the line. We didn't have to beat Latvia 5-0. We didn't have to beat them 6-0. Do you know what I mean? Goal difference didn't matter. We just had to put on a performance. And, and yeah, as you said, I think Kevin scored first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that does take pressure off you because you know... Because, you know, defensively, we're very good. I mean, and, and it's very unlikely that you're going to give a goal away and then you can get the second one and it's, it is, it's just um, pure emotions and you're going to another tournament. Was it weird for you being in the stand for that one? Well, well uh, yes, and obviously yes and no, because I'd, I'd been used to it because at Celtic I'd been going to games and watching European games and all that, um, and obviously Premier League games. So it wasn't you're destined to be on the pitch. You just, I mean, I just wanted to be on the pitch. Um, so, but I wasn't, but as I say, Craig still kept me involved and I was, a, I felt a big part of it that I'd played my part like every other player who, like, doesn't matter how many games you played in that qualifying campaign, everybody played their part. Do you remember where you were for the draw for the World Cup or when you found out we'd have Brazil in the opening game? Uh, well, I was actually, I was invited to the draw. Oh, wow, right. Scotland had put me forward and invited me to the draw. and But unfortunately, Celtic were playing Kilmarnock the night after. Um, and Vin Janssen turned, I was a wee bit, obviously, a bit disappointed, but at the end of the day, it was important. I was a Celtic player and... Um, first and foremost I had to be there so I was listen I was disappointed because I would love to have been there but um, uh, Celtic was my job and uh, we were obviously um, would would you have had to fly to Switzerland or whatever it is that these things take place or France I think it was was in France 
Yeah, I think it was in France. Yes, I would have had to fly and then I was going to fly back in the morning for the game. But listen, Finn was right. We had an important game at Kamano. It was a massive season for us. Mm-hmm. So that was more important. Um, but yes, I was invited and it was nice. I think it was obviously, <laughs> obviously it was because I'd had a brain operation and we thought we'll, we'll invite because I can't remember his name now. There was a creation player that had the exact same operation. Um and so that's why I got the invite, but unfortunately I couldn't go. But um, obviously I was I was sitting in the house and I watched the draw, and you're thinking yourself, um, "Wow, it's all." <laughs> it, it it doesn't get more exciting or daunting. Maybe is that a fair way of putting it? Well, it it doesn't. And like going on to the game, playing old film games, which you're never shake. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, but I actually wasn't nervous that game. And I don't know why, if you can ask me, obviously you'll ask me why, but I actually don't know. I was very, very calm for the game. Now, people have their, have their opinion, whether I played well or whether I didn't play well. I thought I did okay. I thought we all did. We all did okay. We were, un, un, I thought we were very unlucky. Again, they got a great start. Um, they got a great start in the game. And we come, we come back. We obviously we come back into it. They were better the first half, but second half I thought we came, we came, we came right into it. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean it was, it was just you're thinking to yourself, God, I might Brazil. I mean, that's when you, that's when you go back to being a little boy, and you think of the Brazilian teams, and then there's a good chance you might play against Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Is the game a total blur, or can you remember it quite clearly? I can remember. I mean, the first thing I can remember is I don't know if you've seen Craig Brown's diaries um, where Colin Calderwood, Colin walks it. You've seen it? No? I've seen bits of it, not the whole thing. Well, I was always last. I, I liked to always to be last out at the changing room, and Colin was second last. So I'm, all the boys have walked out the door and turned left to the tunnel. And um, so I'm waiting for Colin, and Colin was one of them. Colin used to have to get himself, Colin used to hit himself and get himself really hyped up for the game and all that, and you could hear him shouting, <laughs> shouting and bawling and all that, and he jumped, come on, Scotland, and walked out the 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 door and turned right and kept on walking, and you can just see him standing laughing and all that, and the next minute he comes back again. <laughs> the right way. But, but what really hit home for me is, like, and this will live me, with me forever, that we're standing in the line-up in the tunnel for the opening game of the World Cup. I started my career at Meadowbank, and as I was out last out, and Ronaldo was last out for Brazil, and I was standing in the tunnel next to Ronaldo, and that will live with, with me forever. And, and even then, there's no nerves? But honestly, there was, there was... I mean, they were just... They were unbelievable, the players they had in their team. Yeah. Well, Hammer's a Dan, probably best in the world at that point. Probably, yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but they had Rivaldo and Dunga and Carlos. Do you know what I mean? Bebeto. <laughs> Not bad players. <laughs> but the confidence so, level's pretty good then from, from us heading out to face them. Well, yeah. Again, Craig's, Craig's and Alex, the tactics spot on, absolutely spot on. And just belief, actually making us believe we can get a result. That's where the cake was brilliant. It actually, even though you maybe think, this is going to be hard to get a result against, Craig made you believe you could get a result. 
and and and, and so we we went out, and as I said, five minutes you're thinking they've scored. Oh no! <laughs> My set piece as well, which I think was unlike the team at that point. Yes, and you're, honestly, you thought to yourself, but then we played ourselves right into the game, and obviously Johnny scores pressure, scores a great penalty. Mm-hmm. And again, they they did. It's Brazil you're playing. Do you know what I mean? They're going to have most of the ball. That's not an embarrassment. That's not. You, <laughs> they talk about possession now. How much possession? Brazil is always going to have more possession than Scotland. Um, but again, second half, I thought we we, we came into it, and I, I thought we deserve, definitely did. I'm not saying we deserve to beat them. We did, definitely deserve the draw. Well, we got a draw against Norway. Uh, was that one? More disappointing, probably than, yes. Than losing to Brazil, yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, I think we should have beat. I didn't think we played to our level that we we had played. Um, and it was probably a great goal. I got taken off. Craig Burley went into the midfield. I think Jackie, Jackie or Davy Weir came on. Um, and yeah, they, they both they both came on in that game. Yeah, uh, yeah. and um, great run for Craig. And Craig always, <laughs> Craig always, Craig Brown always says that. Yeah, it was a great run for Craig um, Burley, but Dan had probably made four or five runs the same. It's just getting timing and getting the, the, the right pass. It was a great a great ball, um, a great run and a great finish. And it, so it was probably disappointment after the game. They were a good side. I'm not saying that we deserve to beat them, but. Um, well, absolutely. absolutely. They went on and beat Brazil, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a, a one, a, a one-off. You would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I got booked in both the, the first two games. Um, so that was me. That was me suspended for the third game. The, what was your role in the Scotland team at the World Cup? Because I suppose you, you and you and Kevin Gallagher had started working quite well together uh, in the lead up to it. Then you had your. Your operation, John Bleasdale, who's a big Scotland fan, he's actually asked if it wasn't for the brain up, do you think that you and Gallagher would uh, would have been the front two in France? How how, how did it work? No, Gordon Jury played hundred percent. Gordon Jury was just unbelievable, brilliant, and everything he did. Um, so, if Gary McAllister hadn't got injured, I wouldn't have played, and I know that hundred percent, and and. The big thing, I wouldn't have got the number 10 jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I always like, like to remind my pals, <laughs> number 10 at the World Cup. Um, but I wouldn't have played. I mean, because Judy and Gallagher would have played before me. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, but my role was probably, a, this, they, they talk about numbers now, 6, 8 and a 10. Yeah. I was a 10. You know what I mean? You had John Collins and Lambert um, sitting in midfield. And I was the, the one that Craig knew. Fitness levels were good. Um, I would always get back and defend, um, get in a position to help the midfield to defend, but try and get up and support uh, the front as well. So that, that that was my role. That's why I probably played Billy McKinley. People would say should have played, maybe played in front of me, but in, in that, I wouldn't be badger, um, Billy McKinley. So mm-hmm. um, it was a wee couple of jokes. Um, when the team was, team was named, um, but or that that pally that he I never felt anything from him that he thought he should have played. He did came on for me. I didn't re- actually realise I played so long. I thought I was taken off after about 
60, 65 minutes, but I think it was 85 minutes I was taking off. Um, yeah, last 10. Last 10. Yeah. So, um, so that was my role in the team. And as I say, people will have their opinion whether I did well enough or not. But I played and I thought I did okay, competed well enough. And um, again, unlucky not to get a draw against um, Brazil and probably not didn't do enough to beat Norway. We could have won the game, but probably didn't do enough. Was the Morocco one a bit of a, a slow death unfolding in front of your very eyes? Yeah, well, I'll always say it was, you know, because you know, I wasn't playing, but <laughs> <laughs> Colin, Colin Calderwood, um, who I, I scout for Blackpool now, and Colin Calderwood's assistant manager, right. first team coach yeah. um, down there. So um, I've always stayed quite friendly with Colin and all that. Colin was injured. I think he did something to his wrist or his fingers. And um, so Colin couldn't play and I was, I, I was suspended. But it just, it was, it just didn't, didn't happen that night. You're obviously, again, you're close. We wouldn't have qualified anyway because Norway beat Brazil. <clears throat> but you would have still liked to get a, get a result. But at the end of the day, they won three. Once they go two, you've kind of got to go for it a, a little bit. So that, that gave away the third goal. But I think everyone would would say that we didn't perform that night and they, they did better than us and they deserved the result. It's uh, very just intriguing that you've you played against Brazil, started against Brazil in the World Cup, where we came so close to getting a monumental result. And you still look back on the Euros in England with a, a fonder recollection. Well, probably wrong to say because football-wise, I've played against Brazil. Do you know what I mean? And that'll... That, that game will probably live with me. Well, it will live with me forever. Um, getting to start against whether you got started or whether you come on, you played against Brazil. But it was just the atmosphere. The atmosphere was just electric. I mean, you're in France, we were in a, an amazing hotel. You had waiters doing everything for us. Um, lovely pool, training facility. Everything was just top notch. But you couldn't get the switchy telly on you. You couldn't really get the atmosphere where it was just a buzz. I mean, Euro 96 was just an absolute, as I say, and because we're playing England as well. So the hype was just incredible. And probably that, I'll say, yes, that that's why I enjoyed Euro 96 better, but I want everyone wants to play now. I was part of the, 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 the two games. So football-wise, um, I'm proud of the two games, yeah. Just a, a constant adrenaline rush at being at the Euros then. It's yeah. incredible, honestly. You wouldn't believe it. I mean, the weather was stunning. The weather was beautiful. Again, beautiful hotel, beautiful grounds. Um, the atmosphere amongst the boys was just top-notch. It was just brilliant. Um, and so it was It was an amazing tournament. Do, do anything, or does anything jump to mind when you think of the the downtime you had in France, uh, what you used to go up to with the boys or anything that you look back on particularly fond of? That was the best. We had a, a swimming pool with a diving board and I was the best. I was crowned the best diver. That <laughs> <laughs> on the pitch as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was, I was crowned the best diver. But no, nothing. The whole thing, like the training facility, training um as I say, around the, I mean, the Scotland, and I'm not saying I don't know what it's like now, but 
then you could sit at any table with any, and it was the atmosphere was just, it was amazing. It wasn't as though the, the Rangers boys would sit there and the Celtic boys would sit there and the English boys would sit there and the, the rest would, it was just everybody just, yeah. you just, the, the, the room and you, you just sat anywhere. The atmosphere was was brilliant. And, and, and it was Craig that brought that to, to the team. I mean, that's really, he was top notch and every player must have felt a massive part of it. And yes, I've been left out in games and you always think you should play. But at the end of the day, I've been in management now and it's, you can only pick 11 and you can only try and affect the game by putting subs on it. You think will affect the game and you'll always be disappointed. But um, the atmosphere that in that squad and the atmosphere in every single squad I was in with Scotland was brilliant. I never came back once and think that I didn't really enjoy that. I loved every, I loved meeting up every single um, squad meeting. That's, that's so good to hear from a fan's point of view as well. I just wish, and I do think that it will be the same now, especially that we've got a successful team again. Yeah, listen, even when we weren't qualifying, I, I would imagine people say, oh, they're not bothered. They, they, they don't. I can't, I can't get my head around that. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and even like the players I mentioned before, and Barry and Dan Fletcher and Scott Brown, and Nick, they would have loved it as well. Do you know what I mean? They would have loved meeting up and seeing different teammates. You, you, you go in every week and you, you've got your own teammates, which is, is brilliant. But you, it's different ones and it's different patter and it's different banter and all that. And it's, it was, for me, I can only speak from my time. I, I can't speak what it was like then, but I can only imagine it would be, it would, it would be brilliant, like under Walter Smith and Coisty and Tommy Burns. Do you know what I mean? It would have been... Uh, how would how could that not be a good atmosphere? Do you know what I mean? So, um, just again, unfortunately, getting to tournaments is your end goal, and uh, and that's probably the disappointing thing. It came to an end for you, and uh, just shortly after the World Cup in '98, your final cap was a three-two win against Estonia. I think that's a game that Billy Dodge remembers very well. Yeah. Um, that, you're a Hearts fan, I believe, so that must be quite nice to to know that your final cap came at the stadium of the team you grew up supporting. Yeah, well, um, it was. I, I would never, I mean, people come out and making an announcement, I'm retiring from international football. Scotland were always going to retire me. I would never, <laughs> I, I knew I was, I was gone then. Do you know what I mean? Craig picked me, I went to Hearts, and Craig picked me for the Czech Republic game. Now, that would have been 2002, the Czech Republic game away. Right. 2001, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was, and so he picked, but my bag had gone. And I, I, for international football, I'd probably, I was, I was probably finished for that. But Craig had picked me. I'd been doing really well for Hearts. And it was great to get back, picked back in the squad again. But it was the end of the season and my back... Um, I'd pro- I still have problems with my back um, and I had problems with my back so I couldn't I had to pull out I had to pull out the squad but I would never have pulled I would never have retired international football Scotland retired me because I loved it I, I, I wouldn't think um, because I got late in my career I would think if I even if I'd got early in my career I would have been the exact same I don't get listen I, I, I get people like say Scott Brown I think Paul Scholes Alan Shearer, who had injuries. And, and, and I do get that when people have a few injuries and 
they need to perform for their club. So I do get that, but um, I would never have um, announced my retirement because I love going and meeting up with the boys and playing for my country too much. Brilliant. Right, well, what I like to finish on sometimes is just a sort of quick-fire question round with everyone. Right, so try not to think too quickly about your answer. Um, there'll just be kind of specific things from your your international days. So the first one would be, who was your most talented Scotland teammate? My most talented Scotland teammate? Wow. Um, I only played with him once, but and I, and I, I tough, I'd have to say two. I'd have to say McStay and McAllister. You know, McAllister is a very popular answer for that one. Yeah, I'd have to say McStay and McAllister. Okay, your toughest defender that you came up against. Since you're an attacker, I'll ask that. If, I, if I'm interviewing a defender, I'll ask the toughest striking opponent. But who was the hardest defender you faced playing for Scotland? Um, well, I played, mid, I played midfield probably against Brazil. So, um, I played against them at club level as well. Jockey Bjorkland at Sweden was oh, yeah. lightning quick. Incredibly strong, very, very good defender. Um, so it's a, it's a hard one. But Jockey Bjorkland would probably be up there. Okay. The uh, Your best pal at Scotland? Well, I'd like to think I had a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I roomed with Billy McKinley both tournaments and we played at Dundee United together. So, um, listen, I'd it's, it's a hard one. I'd have to say Badger because we room together and, we're, and we are best pals. Um, but and this isn't me past, we were all real good pals and I, I keep in touch, still keep in touch with an awful lot of them, um, which which is which is brilliant. They were great magic teammates. Um, so, but if you want me to pick one, I'd say Bill McKinley. Well, not, normally I would ask... Uh... Best manager or favourite manager, but I suppose that's a foregone <laughs> conclusion for you. Yeah. <laughs> for example, I interviewed Andy Webster a couple of weeks ago and he played for four Scotland managers, so it kind of works out better for those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah listen, I think Craig, it was either five or six tournaments he went to uh, as assistant manager and manager and all that. His, his track record's beyond belief mm-hmm. um, getting to tournaments. And, uh, but I think his man management and the squads he put together and maybe made everybody feel and as I say it's a personal one and I'm going to be biased but I don't think I'm being biased I think I'm being truthful What is your best on the pitch memory for Scotland? Um, I think it's got to be walking out not in the game in the World Cup against Brazil standing beside Ronaldo and what is your? Oh, sorry. Doesn't really get much better than that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't actually even put myself or imagine put myself in that position. I suppose these days the equivalent for me would be Messi, who I absolutely love. Like you know, I think of watching the Champions League games when I've seen uh, Celtic and Rangers and stuff walk out playing against Barcelona and whatnot, looking at some Scottish guys up against them, thinking, you know what, that could really be anyone in Scotland that's applied themselves hard enough to get to that level and you're coming up against the best Listen, I, 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 when you look back I've got, I've got 
good pictures. One we, I think I've just tackled Rivaldo. And he's standing there to see smashing you again. <laughs> and I've been with um, Roberto Carlos. Now, looking back, you're thinking, they were the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, in the world. And you're, you're playing against them. So, uh, that, that gives me great, brilliant delight. Great. Well, uh, we didn't even, just wait, we had so much to cover there, we didn't even come to your double against Malta or your goal against Finland in the lead up to the World Cup either. Yeah, well, we can forget forget about them. I didn't score enough, but uh, as I say, I got a buzz. Actually, the Malta game, I think that was before the World Cup as well. Uh, was a, a year before the World Cup I've got here, yeah. January 7, yeah. Yeah, but it was, the, I think it was a, a game before we went to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Or was it not? So um, we won 3-2 and I scored two and I can remember getting put through, the pitch was poor and I, I know people all, always players all, always say and I was put through for my hat-trick and it would have been the first hat-trick since Colin Steen and, and you remember the players that I've mentioned mm-hmm. before that McCoyce and McAvaney's and um, McCoyce and Nicholas have played and I've and had a chance and it, bob- it actually bobbled and came off my, my shin and went <laughs> over the bar and I was like that, oh no, I could have been. So um, that's what I remember from that game. Listen, it's always nice to score the win. Every goal is obviously a big goal for your country. Um, but they weren't big, massive games, but it was always nice. Brilliant. Well, Dad, that's been some chat. Thanks so much for giving up your time. No, no, I've loved it. Thank you very much. I could, by the way, I could talk all day. I love it. Um, memories are always there. You can never... You can never take them away and um, you love them for the rest of your life and they're, they're amazing memories. Sports Social Podcast Network.